Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I am fantismo, whatever that means. Fantismo. <laughs> my grandson said that the other day, so I'm fantismo. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Hey, it's been a while since we've it been has, together on the show. I, I've been traveling a little bit, doing some recruiting. I know that you've had the chance to do that as well. And, right. And um, I, I'm glad to be back. It, it, it is nice to be back. It's good to be back in the studio with Jeremy, our, our uh, technician and and he he just took a bow. You couldn't see it, but he did bow for you. <laughs> so uh, I know that the last couple of weeks, because I've listened to the show, actually, even though I've been out of town, that, yes. that you've talked about some of the the uh, the health fads, maybe, of the, the, past, fads. the past few decades. Yeah. I found that very fascinating. I found it really interesting. Today, I wanted to uh, acknowledge that the health and wellness industry and the health and wellness world is always changing. It is. It is. One day, it seems like eggs are really, really bad for you, and the uh-huh. next day, they're really, really good for you. They're the it food. Yeah. Eat carbs. Don't eat carbs. It's kind of like a roller coaster sometimes. And yep. Really, it's hard to differentiate between what's new What's a trend? What's a fad? And, you know, what's something that's going to stick around and is is worth paying attention to? That's true. But today I found a few trends that, at least according to Style Magazine... And Style Magazine does not lie. They would never be wrong, for sure. But they say these are trends that are here to stay. They're not just fads. And uh, some of them make a lot of sense. So let's uh, let's jump into them, all right? right. The first one, it's called Unplugging. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. I like to do that. You like to unplug? I do. Unwind. Just disconnect from all the electronics. (laughs) Well, that's really what it's all about. So they're saying and and have noticed that people like Sean Parker, who is a tech billionaire and was actually Facebook's very first president, to media bigwigs like Jason Hirschborn um, and many other tech executives have noted the potential danger and the dark side of constantly being plugged into our smartphones or our iPads. Right. Uh, it's, It's well documented that Steve Jobs imposed strict screen time on his children in addition to not allowing them to even have iPads. See, Did you he know was that? a smart man. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, recent research is showing us that too much screen usage and too much screen time is changing the way that our brain chemistry works. It makes us more disconnected, stressed out, and depressed. So it's important to unplug and find your own happy balance with technology. I'm not saying, not, no one is saying that technology is not a good thing. Right. But it is important that we unplug once in a while. So there are a number of apps that can help you do that and, and help you control your phone usage, such as Off Time and Moment, or just uh, tech-free retreats and digital detoxes. Um, there's all kinds of ways to unplug and, like you said, just kind of dis uh, distance yourself from the technology and just enjoy the real world once but, in a while. But there is one thing we want to make clear. Do not do it during our show. Correct. That's our right. Podcast. Do not do that. <laughs> Don't unplug at that time. <laughs> but yeah, it it is important. I think it's it's it important is. that we get away from uh, some of the electronics mm-hmm. electronics every once in a while. Here's another one that uh, keeps coming up. It's intermittent fasting. You like that one? I know. Well, you, you it, mentioned it once once or twice. Yeah, we we need to have a show on it because we haven't dedicated an entire show to it. But uh, it's an it's an intriguing idea to me. So let mm-hmm. let me talk just a little bit about it. Intermittent fasting has become the latest biohacking craze among executives and CEOs. They say that it helps increase productivity and longevity. And it, it is backed by science. There are numerous scientific studies that show that intermittent fasting can have powerful benefits on your body and your brain. Mm-hmm. So in addition to trimming your waistline, it reduces inflammation. 
It slows aging. It lowers your risk of cardiovascular diseases. Mm -hmm. It improves sleep quality, which we know is really important. Uh, And there are a few ways to experiment with the phenomenon of intermittent fasting, ranging from the popular five to two, which means eating normally for five days and then fasting for two, which seems hard. Like that seems like a big, a big commitment. Uh, they, they also have alternate day fasting where you eat normally one day and then you fast for the next day. Or if you tend to find yourself in, on the verge of something of an emotional crisis when you're hungry, which maybe is a good description for you and I, Jeff. Well, yeah, definitely <laughs> for me. They have the uh, 16-8 rule, which is where you fast for 16 hours of the day and then you eat within an eight-hour window. And a uh, benefit to the 16-8 is that it's easier to work into a busy schedule and the social nature of real life. And honestly, that's the one that uh, people that I know that have done intermittent fasting have participated mm-hmm. in, the 16-8. I have a brother who's, who's uh, experimented a little bit with it, and, and you know he had some success with, with weight loss and some other things. So I don't know. It's, it's a trend that's out there, something to consider uh, for the long run. The other one that I wanted to talk on briefly is Moringa. You ever heard of Moringa? It's a dance craze, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's a moringa. Sorry. It uh, is not a dance craze, but there is a dance craze or a dance that has a similar name. Uh, it's the next superfood. Oh, I don't, haven't I, heard of I, it. I know I haven't. And, and I usually, <laughs> once I hear about them, I usually am not very excited about them. Not too excited about the next superfood. Well, yeah. it's native to certain parts of Africa and Asia. The moringa tree is a fast-growing plant, which is a rich source of vitamin A, C and E. It also has calcium and potassium. It's very high in antioxidants and contains all nine essential amino acids. Mm -hmm. So it's got some good stuff in it. The benefits include managing blood sugar, blood pressure, and cholesterol levels, as well as fighting free radicals and boosting immunity, and the list goes on and on. The taste, though, is grassy. That that was my my question. (laughs) Does it taste good? Because that's what means the most to me. They say the taste is grassy, earthy, and slightly bitter. So the recommendation is to pair it with a sweet fruit, like a banana or a strawberry or something like that. Or just sugar. Just put sugar on it. Or put sugar on it and blend it into (laughs) your smoothie. And this is... uh, Again, it's it's uh, considered a superfood, something that's worth looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say that it's here to stay. Honestly, I haven't heard of this one yet either, but I anticipate that we'll probably start seeing more and more about it. Probably. So there you go. There's a few things, a few trends, according to Style Magazine, that they say are here to stay, not fads that will be a flash in the pan and gone, but uh, considerations to uh, include in your health and wellness regime. Yes. So, uh, so uh, there you go. Our guest today, Jeff is joining us by phone from Lehigh, Utah. He is USATF National Championship Race Walking Team member, Eric Johnson. Eric has excelled in addition in multiple disciplines, in addition to the race walking within track and field. Uh, Most recently, uh, though, he has had a lot of success in the race walking. He's racking up a medal count that would impress anyone. True, We're we're going to talk about that, and uh, we're glad that he's joining us today on the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Eric, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Uh, thank you for uh, having me on the show. It's, uh, it's good to hear from you. Well, and you forgot to mention that the most important thing is, is he was our table mate at the last Best of State Awards where he won the best amateur athlete in the state of male amateur athlete in the state of Utah when we won the best sporting event, multi-sport event in the state of Utah. I was going to mention that. That was the time when we actually oh, I'm sorry, met. No, no, not at all. We met face to face. We had a chance to share a table together and a, a wonderful evening and uh, received some accolades in the industry, and it was it was kind of fun. So, again, we're glad to have you with us, Eric, and uh, look forward to visiting with you for just a, a few minutes today. 
First of all, I want to ask you, do you know what Moringa is? Have you ever heard of Moringa? I have not. Okay, so that's new to you as well. I'm glad. Thanks. You're on my side, Eric. <laughs> You're on Team Jeff. Well, <laughs> we're all on the same team. I just, oh, saw it okay. in, I just saw it in the article. I hadn't heard of it before the article. I still but... have not eaten quinoa. <laughs> oh, you haven't had quinoa? I had quinoa. Maybe you've had it and didn't know you had it. That's a possibility. Because <laughs> it's in a lot of stuff these days. Anyway, Eric, uh, awesome to have you on the show, and we're looking forward to uh, hearing some of the amazing things that you've been involved with. I want to talk to start us off with about that race walking championship and some of the great things that you've done there. That's that's uh, kind of what we talked about when we were together uh, a, a couple months ago. Um, tell us a little bit about race walking and how you've been able to have some success in that area in the track and field world. Well, I kind of devolved uh, from sprinting using my fast-twitch muscle fiber uh, into being a race walker in uh, 1999. Oh, excuse me, in 2009, I... Uh, uh, I was at the Utah Summer Games, and I saw uh, the 3,000-meter race walk, and a friend of mine says, well, Eric, how do you race walk? And I said, well, uh, I'll stand up and demonstrate the form. Well, the gentleman that won the 3,000-meter race walk that day walked up to me and says, uh, you know, whoever you are, you have perfect form for race walking. <laughs> you actually, actually ought to go do it. And so on a whim, I entered the USA Track and Field National Championships um, and they and I entered the shortest distance because I'm a I'm a short distance sprinter, and uh, so I did the 1500 meter race walk that day and won the national title in my first race. Wow, uh, Eric! So congratulations! I've been race walking ever since, and it took me two years uh, to then win the World Senior Games title, uh, and now I have 18 uh, World Senior Games titles under my belt uh, in the shorter race walk distances of the 1500 meters 3000 and 5000 meters but occasionally i step up uh, closer to the olympic distances and and i uh for the last couple of years uh, i've raced in a 15000 meter meter race walk at the national championships and i, I finished second uh, this year in my age bracket it's a little bit longer distance than I'm, than i normally do but occasionally i uh i do the longer distances but it just so happened that my team uh won the USA Track and Field National Team title in race walking. Wow. And that's my second. Pretty cool. Yeah, again, congratulations, Eric. That's that's awesome. And and you mentioned the technique. Tell us tell us what that technique is, because there is a very specific technique in race walking. Uh-huh. In race walking, you have to create the illusion that you're making contact with the ground <laughs> at all times. It's, uh, it's impossible to physically do that if you actually watch them on a slow motion camera, but, but you have to, uh, have to look like to it. that as possible with the front, with your front lead leg, uh, striking heel first and actually locking that knee, uh, on your, on your stride. Uh, and then you pull your hips over that knee and, and knee, and then you can break your your uh, your knee again and swing it forward. So it's kind of a a different looking walking technique, that's for sure. But uh, it's something that I naturally had a gait in, uh, and I and I decided to give it a try, and then it's it's been very good to me. I think. Uh... I think we'll we'll all agree that, as you mentioned, Eric, there is kind of a different look to it. Um, it it's a it's a look that that uh, is very distinct, and everybody can see right away that's that's what a race walk looks like. Uh, but it's really that straight knee that that creates that look, 
And that's kind of the hard part of the technique is keeping that knee perfectly straight as it comes underneath your body. And then, as you said, your, you know, your hips kind of naturally swing out there as well to, uh, to accommodate that movement. And then you move right back into your next stride. Um, I've been around the sport enough to know that, you know, in, independent of what it may look like, it's, uh, it's an athletic event. It, is it requires a lot of athleticism. And again, that, that discipline to maintain the, teni- the technique for such a distance. And as you said, you know, we're, we're at the Huntsman World Senior Games, we do the shorter distances, the 1500, the 3000 and the 5000. But uh, in Europe and in the national championships, there are much longer races. In Europe, in fact, they, they race 40K, 50K, even 60K races sometimes, don't they? Yes, the Olympic distances are currently 20,000 meters and 50,000 meters, and the very best of them, like Nick Christie uh, here in the U.S., he does a, a six-minute flat mile uh, wow. in race walking, and so uh, it's amazing what the, what the best race walkers in the, in the world can do right now. Is there an advantage to being tall or having longer legs, or is it just how quickly you can move your body? Actually, it's just leg turnover as to what creates the speed. Actually, shorter strides make you go faster. Really? Uh, longer yeah. strides can actually give you shin splints and, and other hip issues, but a uh, quicker leg speed is is what uh, uh, makes you faster. And, and me being a, a former world-class sprinter uh, in my prime, uh, I, I have the leg turnover. And yeah. so... It has been a good sport for me to switch over, uh, for the most part, from sprinting into race walking. That's almost that that's almost counterintuitive. You think that the longer strides, but I can see where you're saying that the sooner you get your heel back down and start pulling yourself forward, the the the, the greater speed you'll be able to generate. So I've been doing it all wrong, Kyle. I've been trying to stretch my legs <laughs> out and make long strides in race walking, and you do shorter strides and move but my faster legs faster. Leg yes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now, we, now we've I, learned something. I started I started getting quicker times when I shortened my stride. Wow, that's interesting. That is. So, Eric, you've had the opportunity to compete in a variety of different disciplines all over the nation and even internationally. Um, I'm curious, are there, is, is there a, a couple of stories, a couple of experiences that you've had that just stand out in, in some of those uh, opportunities to compete around the nation and around the world? Well, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet some terrific people in my life. Uh, Carl Lewis racing him in my career uh, when he was in his prime and I was in my prime. Uh, that was quite a thrill uh, when I was a college student uh, racing some of the best people in the history of of, uh, of track and field. Um, I, uh, I've had a chance to travel all over the world. I've traveled and raced uh, throughout Europe six times and seen a lot of wonderful venues for racing but i i guess uh my my favorite place in the in the whole uh world to race is hayward field in eugene oregon it it uh i race there this season because they're going to be renovating uh hayward field and and i wanted to race in their stadium one last time before they changed everything this season and i was fortunate enough to uh win my age bracket in the, in the mile race walk in the 3,000 meters. Uh, and at the time, I posted the fastest time in the world this year. Wow. Uh, but Hayward, cool. Hayward Field is, is uh, the mecca of track and field, and, and it's, uh, it, it's an incredible venue for, uh, for racing. Is that where Steve Prefontaine ran? 
Yes, that was his home turf. That's what I was thinking. And uh, all the legends of uh, University of Oregon and Steve Prefontaine are, are located there. And, and it's just a magic place to, to go to. And they've held many, many Olympic trials there. And, and I'm sure there's other runners around the country that feel the same as me about, about racing there where it's legendary. Sacred ground to, to a lot of people. That's, that's amazing. And as yeah. you said, they're renovating. So I'm glad that you were able to get one more race in. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And we're visiting with national track and field champion Eric Johnson, talking about some of his experiences as he himself has lived the active life. Now, Eric, you've spent most of your life um, competing at a very high level. Is that is that fair to say? Yes, I've I've been uh, literally literally racing since I was eight years old. But uh, in my high school years, I was state champion and state record holder, and then I ran for Brigham Young University and uh, have been racing on a world level since then. Now, I want to talk about some of the success that you've had. You, you've mentioned a few of the things, and, and again, congratulations on an incredible career. But you have been able to amass a pretty impressive medal count. T- tell us where you're at in your total count and what your goals are when it comes to the amassing of, of medals for uh, winning races. Well, I my current medal count is 1,900, and I have a personal goal in my career to try and get 2,020 medals by 2020. And and so I have 120 medals to go, uh, and I have the rest of this track and field season and next year uh, to do that. And some people may say, well, 120 medals in the next uh, year and a half is maybe tough, but uh, I average between 90 and 100 medals a season when I'm healthy, and uh, my best season ever was 156 medals in 2012 uh, when I had uh, a number of different number one in the world rankings. I raced a lot that year uh, and had a lot of success that season. But yeah, 2020 medals by 2020 is is uh, a current goal. So it sounds very doable. And, uh, it's very doable uh, for you, not for me. For you, let's for that's for you, not for me. <laughs> Eric, going to happen. That is awesome. That is awesome. So you have already amassed, earned one, one thousand nine hundred medals. Your goal is to win two thousand and twenty medals by the year twenty twenty. That's incredible. So your every event that you go to, you're competing in multiple disciplines. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I just competed at the Southeast Idaho uh, Senior Games recently, and I competed in seven events uh, on one day and seven events the next day. And and so I'm not shy to compete more like a decathlete when I go into to meets because uh, I, I have success competing uh, like that. And I, but I do have my specialties of sprinting and race walking. Um, and throwing the javelin also. Wow! So your sprinting events? Do you do you do all the sprints, fifty on the way, all the way uh, up to four hundred? Well, uh, it just depends, it depends on the meet and how close uh, other events uh, tie into those. I, I try and space things out some, some, but I always run a couple of the short sprints and and do all of the race walks 
uh, usually uh, most meets offer at least two race walks, and I do those. And then um, I'll just do high jump, long jump, triple jump, javelin, shot put, discus. Uh, you heard him say just do those things, don't right? do is, is pole vault, and I'm learning how to do that because I, I have uh, some additional goals uh, in the All-American categories to... Uh, to uh, to give that a go and try and get all American in a field event uh, this year or next year. Wow, that's hmm. impressive. Very, that's very. amazing. That's amazing. Now you've competed at the Huntsman World Senior Games a number of times. I'm curious if you have a, a memory from your competition here in St. George that stands out. Yes, in uh, 2012, uh, well, I'll, st- I'll take a step back here. In 2011, uh, I won uh, all my age groups uh, in the 1,500, 3,000, 5,000-meter race walk events. Uh, but in 2012, uh, I, had, I had trained through the winter and, and really wanted to have a special showing uh, at, at the 2012 Huntsman World Senior Games. And when I showed up there, um, I was in the best shape of my whole season. I was peaking at the right time. And and I uh, won the all-around titles in the 1,500-meter race walk, 3,000-meter race walk, 5,000-meter race walk. And I also medaled uh, in the uh, uh, in the sprints that day in the 50-meter dash. Uh, on the, that season, I was ranked number one in the world in the 50-meter dash. But uh, I had to do the 1,500-meter race walk, and the, the very next event at the meet was the 50-meter dash, and I wasn't 100% fresh. Yeah. And so I bronze, I bronze medaled in the, in the sprinting uh, on the very next event after doing the 1,500-meter race walk. So I, I was hoping to win them both, but you can't always have everything. <laughs> uh, so I, I came home with three gold medals. Uh, three honorary gold medals for winning the overall title and a bronze medal in sprinting. Uh, and so that was a, a special day for me, a huntsman. Wow. Well, congratulations on a, on a great meet. Like you said, you, you know, it, in some ways it might be a little disappointing, but holy cow, what a, what an incredible effort and a great meet. Um, so as I, as I said earlier, Eric, you've, you've competed your whole life. You've really, as much as anybody, exemplified this concept of the active life what what has competing so consistently throughout your entire career and throughout your entire life taught you well it's it's taught me to never give up even when you we we all as we age get our little dings here and there as athletes if we're competing as often as i do uh you you get little dings here and there and injuries and and you just have to uh you, you know, pull yourself back up and, and get healthy and, and, and just keep at it. Uh, persistence is everything, and I, I, I don't ever give up. Uh, even when I've had health issues at times, I don't ever give up. I just regroup and reinvent myself and go at it uh, again the next day and uh, and give my best. Uh, I've been competing as a master athlete for 18 straight years now, and uh, and been on a world level for that long, and and it's been a it's been a terrific career, and and I would encourage uh, anyone to to give it a go. You're never too old to uh, reinvent yourself and to become who you want to become. 
I love that, Jeff. Thank you so much. That's that's. Uh, excuse me, Eric. Yes. Eric, excuse me. I was looking at Jeff. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> great advice, though, Eric. Great, great advice, and uh, something I think that we can all uh, learn from. That concept of not giving up and, and just just going for it. Well, Eric, that's all the time that we have to chat with you today. But once again, thank you so much for joining us on the radio show. You've been a great guest. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on the show today. Uh, You all are terrific, and it was wonderful again seeing you at the Best of State Awards uh, earlier this year. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you in October, hopefully. Jeff, it's time for my weekly invitation. Yes. Get registered for the Huntsman World Senior Games. It never gets old, Kyle. Now is the time. Now is the time. As of this morning, we have reached uh, almost 8,000 Registered That's athletes, impressive. which is incredibly high really for this is. time of year. It's going to be a great year. In fact, it's most likely going to be a record-breaking year. So don't delay. Visit www.seniorgames.net and register today for the Huntsman World Senior Games. 30 different sports to choose from. Mm-hmm. There's something there for you. The 2018 dates of this year's games are October 8th through the 20th. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere the podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google, and Stitcher, as well as TuneIn and Spotify. It's easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. Just search for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, hit that subscribe button, and every time we release a new episode, you will be notified. Once you've subscribed... Give us a rating and write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. If you have an idea for a show or a question for us, shoot us an email at activelife at seniorgames.net. And Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day is by H. Jackson Brown, Jr. He says, the best preparation for tomorrow is doing your best today. That's right. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.